Locus. Locus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. It was Locus. I couldn't make it. Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. All right. Hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, welcome to the RC Roundtable. And uh, this is Fitzwalker. And joining me is Terry Dunn. Hello there. And not joining us is Lee Ray. I guess it was his turn to skip out on our episode recording. I don't know if I'd say skip out. It's not like he planned it. Uh, well, he had to plan it somehow because he's up in uh, what Boston now, if I understand. Yeah, are we allowed to share that information? Oh, by the time this gets we don't out, want the groupies hanging outside of his hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be mobbed. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Lee's enjoying some family time. Okay, well, first up, uh, something that popped up. I had not seen it until you, Terry, uh, sent me this link. It's called the Flash. Flash. Ah, Flash. I'm saying one of us. So this is uh, <laughs> you're no Freddie Mercury. Oh well, speaking of Flash, you probably hear that noise. I guess a lot of people decided they're going to cut my grass now. After all day, look at this. <laughs> right outside the window. Right outside the window. Oh, just my luck. So well, now you know I do have somebody cut my lawn. Uh, at least the front. There's no shame. Because here in Texas, when it's 800,000 degrees, I'll just throw money at somebody to cut the lawn because I'd rather stay inside in my semi-working air conditioning, which is another story. Right. All right. Let's talk about the Flash. A uh, Flash. Okay. So my first thought is, watch out. You poke your eyes out with this thing. <laughs> right? Good. It's a pointy little dude, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Doesn't seem to have much... Uh, Space between the elevator and the main wing. Very short coupled looking thing. Yeah. Which, I don't know. It just seems like the wing is too far back. But whatever. I, I don't want to criticize whoever designed it for, for that aesthetic. My <laughs> no, no, no. first my first thought was it looks like a copy of the Diamond, which is a, a turbine jet designed by a guy in France, which was subsequently stolen by Hobby King as the Sky Sword. Yeah. So it's got that really long needle nose and then a regular jet-like wing. It's like they shoved everything back. Yeah. It's Which I think I think the diamond's a really neat-looking plane. I, I'm i still on the fence about this guy. Yeah, it's got that sort of retro sci-fi look to it like the diamond does. And I guess we should mention also this is a pusher. It's not an EDF or tractor. It's got a uh, something you don't really see that much anymore in, in planes. Yeah, it took me a second to snap to that. I assumed it was an EDF, and I'm like, oh, there's a big prop back there. Got a big prop and a rather large motor, relatively yeah. speaking, as well, and sticking out. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that. So probably more efficient than an EDF. <laughs> um, look at the pictures. Did you notice something at, at the close-up of the rear? That the prop is on backwards? The prop is on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they flew it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that a lot. You know, years ago, um, uh, it was a teacher of mine, as a matter of fact, and he was into RC models, and he found out I was, and so we would talk fr pretty frequently about models and stuff, and one day he called me to his office. Is this and, the uh, same guy that took you to the Ram Show? Yeah, same guy, took me to the Ram okay. Show. Okay. 
He was a, he was a neat guy. I really, uh, I wonder what happened to him, but uh, he was a good influence in my life. And he um, called me in. And it wasn't a bad thing. I didn't do anything bad. Uh, and he says, "Hey, I got this new airplane. I'm gonna that I just finished. It was a 049 powered plane. I remember this pretty clearly. Although I can't remember what plane it was. He just wanted to show it to me. And I noticed that hey, your prop is on backwards. And he goes, "Yeah, I know. I did it on purpose." And he says he did that to slow it down, so it wasn't as fast and aggressive. Hmm. Uh, so, because these old cocks didn't have a throttle, so I thought, right. well, that's an interesting idea. If you ever wanted to detune your model, put the prop on backwards. Yeah, I've heard of that, but I've never actually tried it. No, no, no neither have I. So. But I just, just that reminded me of that all those years ago. Anyway, back to the Flash. The Flash looks like we've got uh, just some specs on it. 33-inch wingspan, so it's kind of a little bugger. Yeah. Uh, 4S2200, so it's the power-to-weight ratio should be really good on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they're claiming, what, 120 mile per hour or something like that? 112. Yeah, that's Those pretty are, fast. Yeah, pretty fast. For a hunk of foam. It's one of, fast foamy. That's uh, faster than my pylon racer was. Wow. It probably takes a lot more power to do it, but it's faster. Uh, yeah, I'll just took a look at a 7.5 prop. Speaking of pusher, you, this reminded me, there's a real plane called a Prescott Pusher. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit in the same vein of this. Also a pushy cat, but I think the Prescott yep. Pusher looks a little more like this. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's sort of a high-speed schoolyard park flyer kind of thing. Schoolyard at 130 miles an hour? Uh, hey, live on the edge, right? Uh, <laughs> are you a man or are you a mouse? <laughs> uh, I, I do not condone this message. <laughs> oh, you see that? FPV ready. I just noticed that. FPV so, at 100? Okay, well, uh, the speed, a, I guess, wouldn't. Is there a spot for a camera somewhere? No, no, no. Uh, no, of course, the good thing is the props in the back, so you don't have that weird uh, prop effect. Yeah. But I don't see any obvious place to stick a camera. Eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you just I make just, a place, right? Yeah, just tape it on there. <laughs> Duct tape and bubble gum. You can do anything. Uh huh. So, well, it's uh, made by FMS. So I guess uh, I guess Horizon now carries all the FMS planes. Remember correctly? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's it's. I'm sure we'll probably see one in the wild at some point. Yeah. It'd be neat to. I bet it have a real distinctive sound to it. Yeah, and loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little 7-inch prop screaming at 20,000 RPMs. Yeah. Uh, there's no video, unfortunately. I would have loved to see a video of it, but I don't see one that I could t- tell unless you found something. Nope, just still photos and blurry ones at that. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah. Or just so, the one flight photo is blurry. They're talking late July. Yeah, so it's pre-order now for what 150 bucks, and I assume that's everything but a receiver and battery. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's not one that I'm drooling over. It's neat to see, but you know, I, I'm kind of over the go fast ships. You seem to be warming up to that genre, though. The go fast stuff. Yeah. Yeah, somewhat. I never cooled to it. I like all kinds yeah. of stuff, so. I don't mind to go fast stuff on occasion. I've always and had think, some fast planes. Well, for me, I think it's because my current flying locations are a little bit more confined than I was used to in Texas. So 
I don't know. I, I feel like if I was flying something really fast, it would never be straight and level for more than a millisecond. It, it would be constant yank and bank. So the the allure of that just isn't there for me right now. Oh, well, yeah, it's somewhat fuel dependent. and Sometimes really fast planes are kind of one-trick ponies, too. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so sometimes you don't want to do it all the time. Every once in a while, I like to pull something out that's fast just to zoom around, but I don't do it all the time because, you know, it's something aerobatic or scale or eh, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. What is got any? Uh, it doesn't come with a radio or anything, does it? I don't see anything plug and play. So I guess it's uh, no radio, but it does include servos and ESC and motor. Yeah. So it's the usual. All righty then. Well, hey, that's pretty neat. Always like interesting designs and so we'll hopefully see oh wait one last thing did you notice oh that's interesting uh just notice that the servos are uh, horns are connected on top of the wing and at the bottom well i get it's a belly lander a low wing belly lander right yeah yeah so that's probably to protect all that yeah that makes sense it's just and interesting although there's the, ball links on there you can uh, Oh, the servo's on the bottom, but the horn protrudes through the top. Yes, yes. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Most interesting, Captain. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, they put some thought into design, I guess. Yeah. That's different. That's good. If you're going to design something that goes that fast, you want to give it a little thought. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, I guess it, it's a good and bad. The The control linkages are a Z-bend on one end and a, a ball link on the other. Yeah, that's so. okay. Yeah, yeah, Z-Bends, they're actually my preferred linkage. And if you do it right, there's no slop. And ball yeah. links, obviously, there's no slop. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, no be. gripes. All right. So. No gripes. Then we'll move on. Next up, also from uh, Horizon, is the Havoc. Cry Havoc! And let's slip the dogs of war. Or Havoc XE, looks like, actually. Havoc X-E-E-A. What? Elemento <laughs> <laughs> P. Yeah, really. There's a whole bunch of letters on here. Uh, E-Flight. The, the EDF, B and F, AS3X. <laughs> the XYZ. Okay, so something called, at least the first word is Havoc. Everything else, I, I guess, is just icing on the cake. Um, Sport EDF, 80 millimeter, 6S. Looks like we're pushing what kind of a wingspan in this thing? Uh, Forty-one inch wingspan. Uh, it's it's kind of a sport jet. Looks a little bit like uh, many of the other sport jets out there. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if you can call it a scale model, but this is a downsized version of a popular turbine-powered model. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the turbine Havoc. Yeah. <laughs> looks like they shot it with a paint gun. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be the, the uh, I guess the thing these days is the how many colors can we put on a plane at the same time? <laughs> well, I guess the manufacturing techniques or something have advanced enough where they can do that cost efficiently. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, got some nice stripes on the bottom of the wing, though, so shouldn't, orientation shouldn't be too bad. So I guess a couple of things that really jumped out with me on this one is uh, the first thing is the flaperons. It has separate flaps and ailerons, but the aileron, the flaps can be have reflex in them, so they act as one giant aileron, basically the whole span of the wing. So you can roll like a drill bit, as some people say. Huh. Uh, Would there be any advantage to setting up spoilerons? 
maybe I guess if it's uh, kind of slippery, for, if you got a short field, you can kind of use it as air brakes, drag brakes to come in quickly from altitude or and land. Crow like you would a sailplane or something. That, that's what I'm thinking. A bit of a crow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I've never tried that with an EDF, but I just wonder. What also would be interesting is adding a programming in a little bit of reflex. You might pick up a little bit of speed uh, at high speed at full throttle. Huh. Uh, On both surfaces or just the ailerons? Yeah. At least, well, maybe both. Well, at least the flaps would help. Not sure if you could do it with the ailerons with a whole lot of fancy mixing, but. I just thought of that since they all all services can do that. That would actually be worth testing out to see if you gain any speed. Well, they're saying it does one forty plus in stock form. That's do you really need more than that? <laughs> you haven't been around long, have you? Haven't you? There's always somebody out there who's going to want more. That's true. Always. <laughs> so yeah, one hundred forty is really impressive. If you can do that out of the box, I would be really, really impressed. Uh, that's what they're saying. That's it's it's insane as it is for a foamy, especially. Yeah. I think it's a foamy, right? Is that right? Uh huh. Yeah. So that kind of speed on a foamy, not a composite chip. That's pretty impressive. So it'll be interesting to see if you can get more than that. Uh, do you see the battery range? You're talking four thousand to eight thousand milliamp hour battery packs. Yep. And and claiming up to twelve minutes flight time. Right. Yeah. Well, I watched the video on it, and they're saying 12 minutes is attainable if you take off trying to get 12 minutes. You're not going to accidentally fly that long. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're the type to keep it an afterburner the whole flight, you're not going to get that. Right, but right. if you manage the throttle, you can. If you if you put 8,000 amp hour, 8,000 8, milliamp hours, excuse me, pack in there and fly like a grandma, you might be able to do it. Well, I don't know if you have to do that, but... and. Uh, who wants to fly an EDF for 12 minutes? I think Yeah, I, I'm probably spent after six or seven at the most. So. Yeah, I think if you can get a good five minutes out of it, that's actually really good. Yeah, I a think good, so. Good, fun five minutes, because normally EDFs are three or four minutes and you're done. Five or six minutes, then you've got really impressive uh, performance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so 12 minutes, yeah, again, I agree too. I, I don't think I've ever flown really anything for 12 minutes, even gas-powered stuff. Yeah. Now, and I wonder with that huge of a battery range, is there a sweet spot in there that I just wonder if 8,000 milliamp hour, you have to use more power where you're negating the added capacity and yeah. the load. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it, you'd have to test it to really see, and then it's a matter of preference anyway. But yeah, I always thought about that too, because at some point you're going to get diminishing returns. It's just going to be so heavy that you're just dogging around and you're going to use so much power that you're going to. Uh, negate any of the extra capacity so it probably yeah. is a sweet spot probably you know around five or six thousand million hours your sweet spot and after that it, the weight starts adding up but it right. would be an interesting experiment with that yeah i mean and it might be that the difference in weight between those batteries is you know negligible to, yeah, yeah. I, I, who knows uh, well horizon if you're listening send us a jet <laughs> and a four thousand five thousand six thousand seven thousand eight thousand million power battery pack and we will do all the testing for you yes <laughs> hit hit <laughs> uh but i saw the video the performance looks outstanding uh really nice uh, uh normally I'm not much of a sport jet person but after the um getting the avanti i've come i've come around for sport jets and so it's good to see that they've got nice this one uh looks look at great performing it's got the extra performance in the re- the uh 
flaperons. Uh, there was something else. Did I miss something? Thought I saw something else. Uh, metal retracts, metal electric retracts with suspension. And, mm. Yeah. And now, does this one have safe stuff? Uh, it has AS3X. Yep. Optional use safe. Okay. <clears throat> and, you know, we can talk about that in a minute. I, I'm not going to poo-poo that at all. I think there's... Um, even on something like this, it's obviously for advanced users. I think there's a use case for safe. So. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, I, I found actually in real life that there's quite a few EDF pilots who like safe. Um, at least in my club, there's, there's two or three that are flying jets and they fly them on the safe mode. Huh. Uh, okay. Like so. full flight. Full flight. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, I think... I think it's people maybe they want a jet, but they may be intimidated right. by a jet, so they'll fly it in the the safe modes to prevent anything from happening that they don't want to happen. Yeah, and I have some definite opinions on that because of the EDF that I just finished testing. Mm. So, so let's table that until we get to that topic and we can really dig into it. All right. Well, uh, looks like these are also in pre-order. Talking mid-July for delivery. And uh, I'm not sure if there's a plug-and-play version or just the fight and fly. Did you happen to take a look to see? I believe there's both. There is? So okay. at a minimum, it's 400 bucks here for the bind and fly. And standby. And save 30 bucks on the plug-and-play. Okay. So... Well, That's just a receiver difference, I imagine. Yeah. Of course, it's the receiver all integrated technology in it. Yeah. Oh, I think it's worth it. A lot of the, the different planes, it's a $20 difference for the receiver, and it's absolutely worth that. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, the AR636, six channels, what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, all right. Metal Gear servos? Well, there you go. This I definitely look forward to seeing out in the wild somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will buy one and ask you to maiden it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems to happen a lot in my field, yeah. <laughs> which I don't mind. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I had a chance to, another. we had a new member at our club, and a nice guy, and he had this aerobatic plane, I can't remember what it was, a foamy, like an extra type plane, extra 230, whatever, mm-hmm. and he had programmed in both flaps, flapperons, and reflexorons, if you want to call it. Okay, on um, uh, switches or not? On switches, yeah. Yeah, you can switch okay. them on and off in flight. And and I was talking to him about it. And he says, yeah, I did this, but um, you know, I'm kind of scared to try it in flight. And he goes, well, why don't you try it? <laughs> <laughs> so he's a capable pilot, just he didn't want to try the, the yeah. switches. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I said, well, okay. So I took it up and had a pretty good time flying around, playing around with the reflex on it in the, in the and uh, flaperons and that kind of stuff. It was kind of kind of weird when you're flying upright and you got reflex. He had a lot of reflex in it. And so, um, you know, you kind of pull it out of the air, but it was controllable, but it was very noticeable. But you could do kind of a neat Harrier kind of thing with the reflex. Okay. Uh, and so I just went and moved through his paces, and he was pretty happy about it. And I told him maybe um, uh, some tweaks he could make. And uh, he said, oh, thank you for flying, because I was too scared to try it. But now... <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, looks like we got one more thing, right? Any, any last words on uh, Havoc? No, I'm okay. good. And next is, now this is something we don't have a whole lot of information on. Uh, 
Uh, we've mentioned before the old school model works. Uh, they specialize in laser cut kits, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And they've got something called a javelin. Yeah, there was a sneak peek put on Facebook a few days ago. And it's a video of the Javelin, which is the latest airplane in development. And it's a flight video. And I'll have to listen to it more closely. I had the sound off, but it seems like there's a nitro version and an electric version in here. And so I assume it's like most of the other kits where you can power it however you want to. It doesn't matter. Mm. But it's a high wing sports ship. And uh, it reminds me a little bit of a monocoupe. With the kind of a short, pudgy wing and the, the high wing on it. And I don't know. It's simple, but I like the looks of it and it seems to perform very well. Yeah, it's nice to complain. Uh, do you have any, any information on dimensions or how big it is? Not one iota. Uh, and it looks medium size. I'm guessing. <laughs> it's hard to say. We'll go no with that. It, <laughs> it's medium sized. It might be electric. It might be glow. It's a little boxy. <laughs> it uh, looks like a plane. <laughs> uh, it also reminded me of something else, actually. Mm, what else? At least the fuselage is. The old Midwest Aerostar. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, the wings are completely different, but the fuselage reminded the slope, especially the slope in the front windshield, reminded yeah. me a lot of the Aerostar. So, um,. Uh... Yeah, I assume we'll be hearing more about this in the near future, but this is all we have for now. But I thought it looked cool enough that we should mention it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Good to see them coming out with some new kits, though. Yeah. And uh, speaking of them, uh, a couple relevant things happened recently. One, I I met a guy up here who, he's a new pilot, but he's all gung-ho about everything. So he's still learning how to fly, but he's really... um, into building and he bought Uh their comet kit which is the delta wing and he's going to be putting that together and saving it until his skills are up to par to fly it cool um, yeah i was really he was in my shop here and we started talking about it i'm like oh i've got one of their kits and had fun building it and so now he's all excited to build his and also in this past week i took my sky ranger down to the local park not to fly but i needed to do some static shots And so I just set it up and put it on the sidewalk and I was taking pictures of it. And as I was getting ready to leave this family, and to me it looked like uh, grandparents with their grandkids taking a walk at the park, they waved me over all excitedly and they just started gushing all about this airplane and and talking about how nice it looked and how neat it was. And and they went into the story about how they grew up in Poland and when they were there, I guess – model airplanes were forbidden and anybody who had an interest in aviation had no outlets. And so they just thought it was the neatest thing that model airplanes exist in the wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a neat and unique experience to, to have with a model airplane. Yeah. We kind of take for granted our, the freedoms we have here to be able to do this and freedoms and spare time and spare money to do this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Wow. Huh. Should have, should have asked them to join the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they didn't actually express any interest in flying, but they um, they were just very complimentary about this and all excited about it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. Okay, we can move on. 
Uh, well, okay, well, let's move on to a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. So uh, as uh, any regular listener knows, I was not on the show the last time, uh, in the last episode, that is. We was... didn't even notice. Uh, really? Me? Who? Fitz? Who? Terry? Who? <laughs> well, I wasn't on either, so. Yeah, we both weren't. Yeah. So it was uh, Lee and uh, Sparky's show, which was uh, pretty entertaining as always. Sparky's a really entertaining guy. Uh, but I was out in... Little Rock, Arkansas, at the Small Steps. This was supposed to be the 30th anniversary of the Small Steps, but uh, they at the last minute, their field got flooded out. And so while they did find an alternate field at the last minute, it wasn't an official sanctioned event, so they couldn't really call it the 30th anniversary. So they're actually going to hold the real genuine 30th anniversary event actually in the fall, I think around October time frame. And so this one was, if you're... If you can make it, come on in, but, you know, don't be beholden to this as uh, official 30th anniversary show. So, uh, so the attendance wasn't as big as normal, but it was still pretty good. So we still had a good time. Still quite a few people showed up and a lot of planes showed up. All the so, usual suspects? Yeah, all the usual suspects. Our, our, our friends, uh, Tom Blakety, uh, Richard Ng, of course, uh, uh, Tony as well and a bunch of other guys I've, I've met before. Mm. Uh, so just real quick, if you're not familiar with the small steps, uh, small is acronym for small model aircraft lovers league. So it started, Hey, 30 years ago <laughs> for, uh, to celebrate small aircraft. These are small models, anything with a 25 size engine or smaller. So 0.25 cubic inch. So, uh, I think they made a slight variance for control line. You could do 35, I think, for those. But So no big gassers, no big anything, unless you had multi-engine model. Oh, uh, okay. Now, of course, nowadays it's a mixed crowd. There's lots of electrics as well. Uh, but I really like going because I get to see all these 049 and Cox-powered planes that I never see anywhere else. And, and as I mentioned before, there's more Cox-powered planes there than I've seen in my life. In, in one spot and i think we actually all line them up on the runway and tony uh curso took some pictures and he counted we counted 60 at least 60 uh half a size models out there. wow yeah really good showing for you know an abbreviated event uh and i brought two and i think i've talked before about one of the ones i was working on so i was able to bring my uh both my old qt and my warlock and i have a free flight powered 049 helicopter I borrowed from uh, uh, my buddy uh, Jeff. So let me back up. Let's talk about uh, the event. I guess you're curious about what happened and all kinds of stuff. No, not really. Okay. Well, anyways, so how was that uh, game last night then? <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, where do I start? Okay. So uh, the, the first field got flooded it was actually okay and then like a day or two before the event the river just nearby i can't remember which river it was just socked a field in with i think a couple of feet of water it was just it was not even you couldn't even get to it i think they had to close down part of the highway and stuff in that area 
Well, so, so you left Houston thinking everything was kosher, and then somewhere along the way, all this happened? No, I knew a day before I left. Okay. But had yeah. they already switched fields by then? They had already switched. At the last, like a day or two before I left, they had switched fields. Okay. I think it was good on Monday, Tuesday, and I think by Wednesday, they said, up, oh, this is not going to work. Uh, and But then they... It was canceled, and they said, "No, wait. We found another club that's going to host us. The I think it's called the is it the Marks, Marks or Larks? Oh, they're going to kill me. I forgot the name of the club. Oh uh, no, Marks. I think Mid Arkansas. You're not invited back. I think it's the Marks Mid Arkansas Red Control Club, something like that. Okay. Uh, I didn't write it down. I am so sorry. Uh, maybe I can look it up. You keep quick. talking. I'm going to look it up. All right. Oh, they're going to kill me. Because uh, it's kudos to them. Because they offered us at the last second to uh, do the event. And they had a really nice field. They had air-conditioned clubhouse. They had power there. Uh, it's a pretty nice field. It's an interesting location. It's fairly close to an airport. Uh, but it was easy to get to. And uh, it, it was really nice. We have some of the, a few of the club members as well. They were really neat to talk to. And I feel so sorry I forgot the name. But my name is Fitzwalker, and I'm terrible with names. Truth. <laughs> Mid-Arkansas uh, Radio Control Society okay. M-A-R-C-S So it was Marks, okay Yes. Uh, so uh, thank you again Marks If you are in the area Or um, Thinking about uh, going to one of your fly-ins Please go They're extremely accommodating Very great guys to do that for us uh, Kudos to them So anyway, so uh, interesting field Now this one feels a little different And then a lot of the other fields in that In the morning the morning to mid time is the best flying time. In the afternoon, the sun will get in your eyes a little bit. Huh. Whereas most other fields I've flown at, uh, the morning is usually where the sun's blasting the face, and in the afternoons again. Uh, yeah. uh, so uh, it was really good to get there early. Usually the winds are real calm, especially for free flight stuff. And uh, you get a good good two-thirds of the day of flying, and then later in the afternoon is when, is when you want to stay low because of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, well, is there a is. coordinated shift where people kind of move to the other side in the afternoon? No, it wasn't practical to move around the other side. Okay. You're kind of stuck there. So, uh, But we just still did a lot of flying, even later in the day. Just That's the nice thing about being small. There are small planes. You can fly them low, uh, which I'll talk about <laughs> later with some of the stuff we were doing flying low. Uh, now my trip didn't start off all that well. I mean, it was, the drive was fine, but when I got there, I realized that I had left my box of batteries back home. Actually, I realized that two hours into the trip. Right, like, you ah, texted me. Yes. So yeah, that's a big dilemma. Do you turn around for that, or do you bank on the friendliness of others? Uh, you know, that's a good point. Now. I did have a few batteries in some of the planes. Both the QT and the Warlock, since they were glow-powered, already had the batteries inside the fuselages. And I think one other plane had a battery in it because it lives in there. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't. I only really needed about three batteries, I think. Uh, three or four different batteries. Uh, and one of them was a 2200, so I figured, well, that's easily. I can find out anybody has that. Yeah. Or look under any rock. Yeah. And so, lo and behold, yeah, I talked to, let's say, for, I think Tom. My buddy Tom, and he said, oh, yeah, I got a bunch. Whatever you want, just just use. Uh, I did find they had a hobby store, a hobby town, that I guess opened fairly recently, and it was very well stocked. I was impressed how well this one was stocked, and they had the other batteries I needed, so I ended up buying just some batteries while I was there and a bunch of supplies. Okay, now here's the big question with compatibility. You typically use Anderson's PowerPoles connectors. Yes. Did you have to make adapters or... Was that 
uh, not an issue. They actually had a really good supply of connectors. So they had power poles. No, they didn't have oh, power okay. poles. <laughs> they had. Oh, they had. What did I have here? Um, the other planes. I either used the micro deans or the regular deans. So oh, had, that's right. They had okay. both of those. I had one plane with power poles that the uh, the little EDF, uh-huh. and so I had to cut those off and put deans on it, and I cried the whole time. <laughs> well, I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. life is cruel, yeah. uh, but but uh, that was a minor thing. Uh, let's see. And what about what? the Velcro issue? Did your Velcro match Tom's? Um, I don't remember. Oh, I ended up not using his. I ended up not using the battery from him, the, okay. the twenty two hundred. The plane I had the twenty two hundred. We needed some assembly, and I decided not to mess with it. So that wasn't the problem. Okay. Uh, so the only batteries I used was ones I bought. Although I did have his available, I just didn't bother. Right. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun doing other stuff. <clears throat> what else? Oh, so my my usually faithful QT. Uh, had a problem with the engine the engine just would not run right it, i can get it started um i had an issue at home i started up and it was running really weird and i couldn't richen it up i had to take needle valve almost completely out to get it rich it's like this is not good and so at the last second i replaced the engine with another similar one and that seemed to run okay um but uh i when i got to the field out there in Arkansas, it started acting up again. It wouldn't. I could not tune it in. It would run, would run hot. It would run. Wouldn't run consistently. I couldn't rich it up. A different uh, engine with the same problem. Different engine. Yeah, you know, there's a caveat. Okay. And so I said, Hey, wait a minute. This is a different engine. I'm having a similar problem. I checked the fuel lines, but this is a just a quick note. This is a TD049 with um, uh, a throttle sleeve on a, on a thing. Okay. But when I replaced the engine, the other engine I had didn't have a carburetor assembly. So I took the old carburetor assembly off the old engine, put it on the new engine. Aha! Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I wonder if this whole carburetor assembly is not, something's wrong with it. Uh, even though I blew it out, I cleaned it out, I thought that was it. And it was still balking. So I was like, oh man, I'm in trouble. Uh, but I started talking to some of the guys. I was, um, see if anybody had an extra engine or something I could try. And lo and behold, uh, a regular guy named Steve Staples. This guy, I owe him, I owe him a lot. He says, "Oh yeah, come over here to my car." He pulls out this uh, container just filled with 049 engines and parts. He goes, "Come get inside my unmarked white van." Yeah, <laughs> his van says "Free Candy." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Steve says, "Hey, I got a bunch of stuff here. Just look through whatever you want. Here's an engine." Uh, and here's a carburetor assembly. Just just pick it and use it and see what see whatever works. Uh-huh. No questions asked. Nice. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, you are you're my savior. Uh, and I, I said, well, let me just try just a carburetor assembly instead of replacing the whole engine because he gave me a whole engine. He said, here, just take just replace the engine completely. And I'm like, well, let's not get too rash here. Let me try a carburetor assembly because he had several. And, right. and once I did that, the thing worked just fine. Were you porting over the throttle sleeve as well? No, no, because okay. the, the, the throttle sleeves separately. So I only did the, the Venturi, basically, and needle okay. valve assembly. And that cleared up immediately. So there's some unknown problem with my Venturi. It's not obvious. It's something, I don't know what it is, but it just wasn't working. Oh, and you still don't know? I still don't know. 
Hmm. Um, so I gave him the, his engine back, and then he just said, eh, I just keep this, the car the car pieces. I was like, oh, gee, thanks. Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, Steve's a man. Uh, so hopefully he listens to this and tell, uh, he knows that I really appreciated his help. And I have to mention that everybody there is very, very helpful. This is... Yeah. Those 049s don't grow on trees anymore. They don't grow on trees. And they used to, but they don't anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. But I think the Brotherhood of 049, the Hefe Brotherhood or something, is really strong. And so mm-hmm. everybody, everybody was really helpful. We had any problems. We had guys with problems with engines and stuff, and we all tried to get each other help out. I had a little electric starter that people would uh, ask to borrow, and I'd let them borrow my little starter thing on occasion and that kind of stuff. So it was yeah. really, really nice. Everybody there is fantastic. It's a very, very friendly event. No, there's no snobbery. There's no uh, clicks or anything like that. Just go and have fun. They they really appreciate you that you're taking the time to fly these old and antiquated and cantankerous <laughs> engines and things. Right. Uh, and they don't care what you fly. Just fly stuff. They got a kick out of me flying. Uh, I told you I brought the free flight helicopter. All right. Uh, in that one, uh, that was brand new out of the box. I actually put it together in the hotel room. And uh, had never flown, and so I, had, I ran engines a couple times on a couple takes of tanks just to break it in. And uh, I ran, uh, put some fuel in it, and ran it, and it, it flew pretty good. These things are kind of neat, but they're not they're free flight, so you don't have any control. <laughs> right. And so the first flight, it kind of it went up a little bit. It was running kind of rich, and so it didn't go too high. It had a kind of a nice flight. It didn't go very far. And so oh, that's kind of neat. And then so well, let me try it again. So the next flight, I filled it up. And I think uh, I put a, maybe leaned it out just a couple of clicks. And it went up. And as it went up, it started leaning out more and more and more. And next thing I know, this thing is really high. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it starts um, wandering towards the trees way up there. Like, oh, crap, it's gonna get, I'm going to get lost in the trees. And so I start running over. And uh, fortunately, it just missed the trees in the other field. Uh, and came down without any problems, but it was a close uh-huh. call. But I did end up having a slight issue with it. The last flight. Does it just auto-rotate down? Yeah, it kind of spins. It, it it auto-rotates, but it doesn't change pitch, so it just sort of does a soft yeah. crash. Okay. And uh, last flight before I left, I put like a, maybe a third of a tank in it. I just wanted to run the fuel out of it. So I, I, I turned it on. I started it up, walked out kind of to the flight line, not as far as I usually go, but I figured, hey, I only got like a, third of a tank is not going to go very far and boy was i wrong <laughs> it went up and and it was a little bit of a breeze so it floated up behind the pits and when the engine cut off it came down and i think it clipped the building the clubhouse and the fence and when i got to it and it was in about half a dozen pieces oh no yeah but it didn't break anything permanently i've flown it since then but it it, it did a number on it it broke a bunch of it snapped off a whole bunch of pieces and stuff so uh, it's not designed to break apart uh yes and no I think it's just kind of flimsily built, so it just breaks apart naturally. Okay. Uh, but uh, guys, guys had a kick out of me flying that thing. Um, uh, Tony had a UFO free flight thing, and that thing was just weird. <laughs> it, it goes in weird orientations. At one point, it went, it tilted ninety degrees and just kind of flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, a couple other things. Uh, I had a plane called the Swami. It's scratch built old-timer swami swami yes okay yeah uh and i don't normally i haven't flown in a long time and say hey this would be a great place to fly it and so in this one uh just i think it even had the receiver already in it just was been hanging up forever so i bring it out and i 
decide I wanted to just go for a flight. So I bind it to the radio, and then I hear all the servos going. <laughs> like, what the hell? And it's like, why? The, the, well, what the Wait, servos? All the servos. Both, I assume there's two servos. There's two servos, and both okay. of them were making that sound. Somehow they had gotten, the gears had gotten stripped. Oh. I don't know how. I never crashed anything or anything. And so I look in, and the case on the servos have cracked. So I don't know if it's been heat expansion or something, but the, the servos just naturally just sitting in the garage, they just failed. They just, the gears and stuff cracked on them. I guess they could dry rot over time. Yeah, I think it's basically dry rot. Since I haven't floated in, in several years. Mm. Uh, and so the servos are dry rot. I was like, son of a... And this is after I had already gone to the hobby store. <laughs> of course. I was like, God, And lo and behold, I told you about the Brotherhood of Modelers, right? Yeah. Here mm. comes Tony Ocurso. When he found out about my problem, he goes, oh, I've got a bag of nine grand servos I bought just in case we need extra servos. <laughs> so he goes in and pulls out this bag of about a dozen different servos. And he goes, hey, see anything here you can use? <laughs> you betcha. Oh, yeah. So he had a couple of nine grams that I was able to squeeze in there. And that fixed the problem. And I ended up flying a Swami quite a few times uh, nice. during the weekend. The, the, the Swami is a neat plane. I'd forgotten about this. Uh, it's a, it's a poly kind of a gold wing polyhedral thing, um, that can actually thermal. And one of the neat things about it is the rudders have a little bit of play in them. And what I can do is I can just kick in a little bit of rudder and then let go of the transmitter and it'll go in this nice lazy turn. So I can sit there with the power off. It, it flies best with power off. Uh, -huh. uh so I can just basically so this get This is an electric model? It's an electric model. Yeah. Okay. Not an 049. All right. No. So I can sit it in this nice lazy turn, set the transmitter on the ground, and just watch it for minutes at a time as it just kind of does these lazy turns. Mm -hmm. And there were some thermals out there. The weather turned out to be pretty good out there. So, And people got a kick out of me just not controlling the thing for quite a few minutes at a time as it just circles around. Uh, and, that, and one last bad thing <laughs> to start out the weekend. So I get this – I think you had the same plane, the L39 from Flyzone, I believe. Uh -huh. So I get this L39. I think uh, Lee got it from his buddy Ben, and he wasn't interested, so I got it from Lee. And and uh, that's one of the planes I had to get a battery for because I forgot the battery for it. And so I get this battery at the hobby store. Did that wasn't did expensive. you get a 4S? A 4S, yes. 4S okay. 2200, what they were called for. I looked it up, and yeah. it wasn't a cheap battery. And I stuck it in the plane. I said, hey, Tony, can you launch this for me? This is a maiden flight. I give it a good toss. Maiden for you or had it ever flown? I had, don't think it's ever flown, but maiden for me okay. at least. Yeah. Essentially a maiden. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure. So he gives it a good toss. And immediately after he lets go of it, it instantly goes into a snap roll, rolls inverted, and crashes into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All before I can, you know, be, you know blink. Yeah. What the hell? And so it basically, it really, it damaged. It wasn't flyable after that. It was, it yeah. got crumpled pretty bad. And it's like, God, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have bought the battery. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn it. So, so that I was a like, issue with mine. Was the fan running backwards or something? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't well, check. I don't think so. Did the NTSB give you a report? No, uh, I, I think I think either it, it snapped. It might have gotten thrown too hard as a possibility, and it snapped. Thrown too hard? Uh, I don't, I've seen it happen before. I don't know how that can happen, but it could. Or maybe his finger got caught. I don't know. It just did it. it it's the snap into the ground. 
Okay. No, no time to react. Um, so yeah, so I, I might be able to fix it. I don't know. Maybe I can heat it up or steam it or something. I, I, I just put it in the garage and touched it. Yeah. Um, and that was all like on Friday. <laughs> right. Friday wasn't a good day, <laughs> but the good part is Saturday was a very good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was funny. Too bad Lee's not here because we end up staying at the same hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because I walked into the hotel. It's the same one Tony recommended. Same one Lee and I stayed in, and it had the same girl behind the counter as last year. Okay. And the reason I remember her because she had this real thick Eastern European accent. Mm. It's unmistakable. Un- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, you're still here. Okay, so uh, quick rundown. Uh, it was a great event. Um, some of the highlights, uh, seeing some of the really neat planes. Um, Tom Blankney had. Uh, I think he had 60 planes and he had his goal was to fly 40 of them and I think he met that goal all kinds of really neat stuff some 049 powered stuff he had digged up on the corner all 020 powered things uh, wow. there were some free flight guys flying some rubber band powered stuff mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately didn't really see any control line there people there they guess they didn't really make it um, unfortunately so I thought you were going to take a control line plane that was one Lee was working on and he didn't finish it oh. Okay. Oh, all right. Maybe next year. Uh, some great stuff. Uh, uh, I've mentioned before that Tony is a is a flying machine. He spent more time in the air on the ground, I think. Um, we had a great time because he brought also a QT, and I have a QT. And so we did a bunch of formation flying together. Uh, his didn't have a throttle, but mine did, so I was able to kind of let, let him take the lead, and I can kind of <laughs> just, just modulate my throttle to keep up with him. Really? Okay. Uh, I would think their precision of control is not that great. It, it was crude but effective. All right. It got to the point where I was just moving it one click up and down, just trying to stay with them. And we did that quite a few times. Um, and it was nice as I put a big tank in my QT, so now I could fly for actually like four minutes on a thing instead of just two. So I could fly around, and he would. He only had the little tank, and so he'd fly, land, refuel, and take off again while I'm still in the air. And we'd pick up where we left off. Uh, at one point, we had four guys in formation. We were buzzing around two QTs, two, I forgot what they were, another high wing plane uh, with throttles. And these guys had huge tanks. I think they had like four ounce tanks or something. They were flying forever. Wow. And the funny thing is, um, Richard was going out on the other side of the field flying his hand launch, discus launch glider. And mm-hmm. so we were flying around and buzzing him. And he probably got a little perturbed from us buzzing him. Because <laughs> we were I can't probably, imagine why. We were probably within the easy 25 feet of him or so. Oh. <laughs> a few times. Uh, but we had a great time just buzzing around, doing his formation flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really great time doing that. Uh, I mentioned my Warlock. Uh, I brought that as well because the engine you really need to be broken in some more so i ended up flying it quite a few times and people really like that plane uh i couldn't do ground takeoff the grass is just a little too tall so i did do hand launches with it and uh uh so hand launches is kind of interesting with that plane because it's a little sluggish on a hand launch but you, you got to let it get on step but once it's on step it flies fantastic and oh, okay. uh, uh I, I, gotta, I think i gotta fiddle around with prop sizes a little more with it but uh i flew it quite a few times the engine ran pretty good it's got a nice throttle on it Nice muffler, uh, a lot cleaner to, to fly than the QT. That splatter doesn't splatter fuel all over the place like the QT <laughs> does. Uh, Tony and I were joking about that. We have all have hand lotion from the glow fuel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm really glad I got the, the Warlock ready and done, and I, had, I flew it quite a few times. 
uh, 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 speaking of Tony, he had this really neat plane. He had a um, a Junior Falcon. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, an 049 power run, right? If I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Except yep. his, what's that? Yeah, you're right. Mine was 049 powered. I don't think mine ever flew. It did not. But I had the kit. Because I saw it early on. And he, he'd launch it and it kind of fly and then it hit the ground. I said, huh, I don't know if elevator or something. And he'd launch it again and fly a little further and then hit the ground. Like, what the hell's going on with this thing? And then, uh, then he later told me that it was uh, a single channel. So he had no uh, elevator right. control because the guys were yelling, pull up, pull up. But he couldn't because there's no elevator, so they're mocking him. <laughs> so he had to tweak That's the right. empennage and stuff. And so eventually yeah. he got it just right, and uh, he launched it. The thing launched perfectly. He just had rudder control, no throttle, and you can you can kind of regulate the climb by turning and going straight and then flying around. And ended up flying actually really really nice. And at one point he let me try. He said, "Here, try it." And uh, I got to fly around for a few seconds before the engine quit on me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it was all nice timing. But uh, it was right. neat because you, you really, since you let it go straight, it'll climb. But if you if you turn a little bit, it'll kind of stay level. If you turn really aggressive, it'll dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to reprogram your brain. But it was a lot of fun and quite responsive. Yeah, that would be a fun challenge to do. Just yeah. to set up a model to, to fly single channel. Yeah, now, yeah. I, I've had some airplanes that flew well enough that I was comfortable flying with just the left stick, just throttle and rudder, yeah. but I've never done one rudder only. That would be Yeah, it takes a little bit of, uh, you know, intestinal fortation and fortitude, I guess, to do single channel, but uh, yeah. it worked, once you get it tuned in, it worked really well. Hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was a nice, nice looking plane. He said he had done some restoration on it. Yeah. Uh, and If I remember, mine had a built up horizontal stab. I believe this did too. It yeah. looked like it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the nice thing about this event is, is there's not a whole lot of ARFs. You see a lot of planes that have been scratch built or kit built uh, or something like that. You know, it's, it's a lot of great models, old stuff that's very old, stuff that people have taken a lot of time to build. The guy had some free flight roadman power models that were works of art. Uh, it was just really neat, unusual stuff. And that's what really makes this, this event stand out from all the other ones I go to. It's, it's just a, the, the eclectic nature of it, I guess you could say. So when is the real event? Uh, it is in October. Give me a second to find out. Uh, it is October 10th to the 13th. Okay. So At the, the original field? Uh, I believe so. Yes, I think that's okay. the original field and not the uh, alternate one. Uh, yes, this is the original field that was flooded originally. So hopefully it will no longer be flooded by the Arkansas River. <laughs> now, is that a permanent change to October or just for this year? Good question. I think it's just for this year. Because from what little I've heard about it, they haven't had much luck with their early July or excuse me, early June weather. Yeah, I know the first time I went, it was a mud bog. Uh, and last year, with Lee and I, it was a sauna. Yeah, and Sparky said he quit going because he had a few years in a row where the weather didn't cooperate. So. Yeah, so the October, should the weather should be far more stable and cooler. Only problem is, this is a week after our best here in Houston, best uh. event. Right. So Tony keeps saying, you're coming to small fall, right? You're coming to small fall, right? You're coming to small fall. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've already been there um, early in the year. Plus, this is going to be smack dab in the middle of some really heavy stuff at work. 
So uh-huh. it may be just a, a squeeze just for me to go to Best, much less to go out of town for in a few days. Hmm. So right. Well, you've got time to work on your excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, where's that from? Uh, the Blues Brothers? Uh, all excuses he gave. What's her name? <laughs> I, I got Rob. Carrie Alice Fisher. Locust. Locust. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. It was Locust. I couldn't make it. <laughs> uh, Mambos. That was the other planes we were flying with. I just saw that. So, yeah, there's some pictures on RC groups. If you guys are curious, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Uh, and I think somebody had a video camera. I think they were making some videos as well. Uh, so I would like to see a video of you chasing a free fight helicopter. Uh, actually, I have videos of that. <laughs> nice. I had to send them out. <laughs> Did you take photos of your own? Uh, I took a few. It didn't take a whole lot this time. I spent most of my time uh, flying and stuff. But I have a few somewhere. Okay. But not well, a whole lot. Uh, sometimes I wasn't in the mood. Don't get in the mood. I just want to enjoy. Man. So, what am I paying you for? Huh? What's that? What am I paying you for? You're not paying me at all, so for nothing. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> So, if you're still awake, that was my uh, Small Steps Arkansas report. Good time had by all. The weather wasn't as bad this time. Good showing. Lots of fun flying, despite lost batteries. A nice drive up and down. Uh, so, good work, guys. Uh, hopefully, see you next time. All right, I have one more question. Yep. Did you bring anything home that you didn't own before? Oh, you had to ask. Why? Why, yes, I did. I brought home apparently quite rare uh, twin 049 P38 control line model. Oh, okay. I saw a picture of that. I didn't realize you bought it there. Yes, I bought it there. A guy had it there. Um, it was. Uh, it's, it's in rough shape. It's going to need a whole bunch of TLC. One of the wing is partially broken. The engines are all seized up, although mm. it looks like they've been run. Uh, they're not. Over, they're not Cox engines. They're the other another popular brand. Back in the late fifties, early sixties. Oh, I should okay. remember the name. I forgot the name. Uh, our resident expert on and model antiquities, Richard Ang, says he had never seen one. He's seen one with a single engine in the nose, but he'd never seen a twin with two engines. And so I thought uh, it was that's such an interesting model. You know, I don't really do control line all that much. I do plan on see if I can get the engines unseized and get them running, and see if I can fly it a bit. So cool. I definitely plan on restoring it and flying it. So uh, whenever I get around to it, it's just a, something I couldn't pass up. I thought it was pretty neat. Price was reasonable. Uh, so I did come home with that. All right. Nice. That's the only thing. I don't think I bought any. I didn't buy any models or anything. Uh, some guy was selling some kits and stuff. It was, it was pretty neat, but I'm trying to cut back on my kit buying and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But that uh, was some nice stuff. guy had a... Uh, all kinds of things. So it's, they, they do buy and sell and trade there as well. So, hmm. uh, Oh, it's funny, though, is um, I had been on and off looking at something on RC Groups Classifieds. And I was like, should I get this? Nah, I don't know. Maybe I should. I don't know. Shipping's going to be a problem. And stupid me didn't really pay attention to where it was until I got back home. And to realize that it was in Little Rock, Arkansas, where this guy was, <laughs> uh, I felt so stupid. It's like, oh, man, I could have called him up and had him bring it over. I could take a look at it. Well, now you got to go back in October. Uh, uh, if he still has it, I don't know. But I, was, I, felt, I felt like an idiot. It's like, pay attention, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that's enough of that. What else we okay. got? Well, uh, I heard you were moonlighting. 
Yeah, yeah, I found a mistress. <laughs> mistress podcast. Right. So uh, well, I guess we had been uh, talking to the Freefall RC guys, or you had. You talked to them back at the uh, AMA Expo, didn't you? Well, yeah, I met Steve on the floor at the Expo, and okay. we had a quick chat as we were both running to different places, but we made a commitment to follow up after the fact, and we did, so we've been exchanging emails since then, and we finally decided to exchange hosts. So yeah, host exchange. The, right. Uh, so the first step was for you to be on their show. And, and at was. some point in the new f- near future, one of their guys will be on our show. And uh, yeah, I think we might continue that process till we've all been exchanged. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, so I, I admit I wasn't all that familiar with Freefall RC. And I told him that too. I said, hey, I'm not a big podcaster, but uh, uh, it was kind of really nice being on them. Great guys. Uh, interesting that they, it seemed like they're mainly helicopter guys. Yep. Uh, but it was just they fine. Big airplane too. Yeah, they do. The one guy was talking about one of his airplanes he's talking about. And that's fine because yeah. I, I, I sit on both sides of the fence as well. So we really need to talk to some heli guys because every time I talk heli with you guys, the your eyes glaze it's, over. And, right. And that's why I proposed you going up first because you're <laughs> the one, you're the most heli competent person in our crew. Ah. Uh, which is yeah. a dubious honor, I guess. But. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, I had a good time. It's interesting. Your format's a little longer than ours. So. Um, it, it took a little bit to get used to that, uh, we're in, uh, being of a longer session and they have, uh, some skits they run and, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, sounds like they actually spent some effort in their podcast, unlike us. <laughs> uh, so, Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> but, uh, if you guys haven't heard of them, it's a free fall RC. Uh, they have, uh, uh, we can post it. We'll post a link to them. Uh, I think we did post on our Facebook page when I was on a link to my uh, visit to their studios, quote unquote. Uh, right. Real nice guys. Uh, they had Steve, Kevin, and Andy, and uh, they were real. They, they asked some really good questions, and they're real curious about different things. Uh, yeah, I told you I listened to the show over the previous weekend, and I was like, I didn't know that about Fitz. He's never told me that before. <laughs> So I, I guess I just haven't been asking the right questions. I guess you never asked. Yeah. That's because you don't care. That's why. That must be it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe just too close, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take somebody who doesn't know me and ask me all these goofy questions. Right. Uh, so, yeah, because I kind of found a bell. I was like, you know, I'm t- doing all this talking. You guys, you know, you guys want to talk about something else? I'm like, no, 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 go ahead. Like, okay. <laughs> well, here's how it all started back in 1970. Well, anyways, so <laughs> uh, so it's a lot of fun. Like I, t- I told them, it's unusual. See, on our our show, I'm we're the interrogators, right? And we talk to right. the guests and hosts over there. I was in the hot seat with the light. Yeah, in my you're face. the one under the bare light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> so handcuffed to a chair. Handcuffed to a chair and some uh, some. Uh, a battery with alligator clips on it. <laughs> yeah, let's not say where. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Uh, well, so. that's good. I was glad you got to do that, and I look forward to my turn in the hot seat, and then I extra look forward to having their guys over here so we can interrogate them and see what makes them tick. Yeah, turnabouts, uh, bitch, buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the phrase. We'll go with it. No, 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 just kidding. I had a great time with them. I really appreciated the the opportunity to go over there. Really great guys. If you haven't listened to them, give them a shot. Give them a chance. Uh, and uh, for something a little bit different than what we do with things here. And it's, uh, it's what it's all about. Uh, yeah. So 
Uh, I look forward to hearing you over there and them over here. I guess we got to coordinate that with them. See. Yep. Yeah, we'll get it worked out. We got to make sure we ask them really strange questions about helicopters. <laughs> okay. I heard if you fly upside down, you go back in time. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> When you do a rainbow, can you taste it? <laughs> Anyways. You've been thinking about this a lot, haven't you? Nope. I just only spent the last two seconds. Okay. That's the way my mind works. <laughs> all right. So all right, you've been talking a lot. So I'm going to take the lead here with our workbench discussion. All right. You go ahead and I'll you... go out to get something to eat and I'll be back when you're done. Okay. Okay. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the main thing I've been working on lately is the F-15 from E-Flight. And I don't think I've mentioned it on the show before, but it's a review that I'm doing. And actually, I just finished it recently. But uh, that's what I was referring to earlier when we were talking about the Havoc and my opinions of safe on an EDF. So going into this review, I was thinking, hmm, it's kind of a, a plane for at least intermediate pilots and probably more advanced, but what's, what good is safe doing? Do they just have a, a bucket of these receivers sitting there and they want to use them or why are they doing this? And now that I've used it, I can see the benefit. If like you mentioned, I think that if there's somebody kind of wanting to dip their toe into the fast movers and they're not really confident with their skills yet, this will help get you there because it's a different airplane with safe engaged. It is very docile. It's still fast. You got to keep it turning or it's going to go out of sight pretty quickly, Mm. but um, it's, it's easy to fly. So as long as you're able to keep your eyes on it, you shouldn't have any trouble. Now, the only flip side to that that I noticed is you really got to bend the sticks to get around the corner. So <laughs> if you're already used to flying a fast mover like that and you have you know, a feather light touch on the sticks like you normally would, then you're, you're going to have to get used to really yanking and banking to, to move it around. Yeah, it's interesting you mention that because I noticed the same thing. We had a club member with their, uh, is it the Viper Jet? Maybe about you flight? Yeah. Uh, and it also has a safe. And, you know, you mentioned people having me fly their planes. This is one that he had me fly. And I noticed the same thing, that with a safe boat on, it sticks into the corners to get the thing to turn uh, yeah. within a reasonable amount of space. And you're kind of leaning into it with the body English. and Yeah, you're like, come on, baby, come on, you can yeah. do it. <laughs> so, I mean, at, at least on the F-15, it's actually turning just fine, but it's so much less than you're used to with that amount of input. Yeah, yeah, so, so you it, have no real rudder, well, not much of a rudder, but uh, yeah. The F-15 doesn't have one at all. So yeah, so there's no rudder to kick it over. So you're just, just bank angle. And so if you don't have much bank angle, especially with EDFs, it's not going to really... Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess if you really pay attention to without the ASVX, you're probably going nearly vertical a lot of times on the turns mm-hmm. uh, to turn it. Well, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's right. And so when your bank and your pitch are limited, yeah. So since so, your pitch limited, you're also turn limited. Yeah. So if you know this going into it, then it's not such a big thing. But if you're just figuring it out on the fly, as it were, then you're like, oh, okay. All right, now I get it. So I found myself flying with high rates when safe was engaged. And then when you turn safe off, boom, it's a different airplane. Now you want that featherlight touch on the sticks. Yeah. And so... um, Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You can adjust it with the rates to to help improve the turn rate. Yeah. Yeah. you know, to a degree, I was using maximum on safe, and it's still very, it takes a heavy hand to, to get it around. But 
then when you turn it off, now it's very light and it's more like what you're used to for that kind of airplane. Mm. And so in my first few flights, when I was kind of going back and forth between safe and not safe, I was using high rates with safe and then low rates without it. And even then the low rates without were much more sensitive. So I got used to it pretty quickly. But the bottom line was this airplane, it doesn't have retractable gear. It has removable gear. Mm. So you can bolt on fixed gear for ROG or you can take it off for hand launch. For hand launch, you turn on safe and man, it's a non-event. You just throttle up and give it a a reasonable toss and it's going to go. And for most of my airplanes, you're thinking ahead how you're going to get your hands back on the sticks before it hits the ground in case you don't give it a good toss. But this takes that variable out. You just throw it and you're reasonably assured that it's going to depart with the nose up and the wings level. And you can just casually get your hands back on the transmitter and and start flying. So that's what I do. That's the time I use safe now. Turn on safe for that hand launch. And then once it's stable and climbing out, turn it off and, and go tear it up. That's a good point. I had not thought of that. Yep. So the other ones you're talking about, they have retracts. So you're, you're typically going to be flying ROG. But for this guy, it, it made a big difference. Ah, I hadn't thought about that. So I don't I do not do hand launch all that often because we have a nice paid runway. But mm. I could see in hand launching, that would have prevented my L-39 from snap rolling itself into the ground. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. If I had a AS2. That's... Ooh, I like that. You know that you get that revelation. Right. <laughs> the prop works the same both ways. You, know, you can thing. use peanut butter and jelly on the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all, well, I'm glad I could help you with that um, breakthrough. But at the same time, I crashed the airplane. Uh, yeah <laughs> nothing's yeah. foolproof because fools are geniuses right uh, right and it had nothing to do with safe really so i i had uh flown this was not the first outing maybe it was the second or probably the third but i had a bunch of packs to it so i was already comfortable with how it flew and my impressions of it but i went out specifically to shoot video and so i actually had like six packs charged it was one of those days where the weather was just perfect i get to the field the sun's out there's barely a breeze nobody else is around I'm like all right this is it i'm shooting some video today and i decided to do a warm-up flight first because this is the kind of airplane that it'll get your adrenaline flowing so you want to loosen up uh, so i did a flight with no camera on it and i had my timer set and i'm booging along Everything's going great. The timer goes off. And I knew I had some reserve, so I didn't think much about it. And I did something, and then I did something else. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I forgot. The timer went off. I better get this thing on the ground. (laughs) And uh, so I come in for an approach, and it's a little bit high. And I probably could have made the runway, but I decided to go around. I should not have gone around. So so I throttled up, and I got to the point where I was committed. I, I couldn't be on the runway anymore and I had to turn around but it didn't have enough power to climb and this new field that I'm flying at the tree line is pretty darn close to the runway so I did my 180 and I figured about halfway through the 180 to the downwind leg that I wasn't going to clear the trees Mm. and yeah so I I couldn't do anything all I could do is just uh, get it kind of pointed back towards me and so it was coming through this tree and I saw it go into the tree and it made this horrible noise. 
And then, as if by a miracle, it comes out the other side of the tree. Well, <laughs> that's what they say. You fly it all the way to the crash, right? <laughs> right. That, that was Bob Hoover, I think, that said that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I still had my hands on the sticks, and the fan was making a horrid noise. So I thought to throttle down, and the wings were level, and it like I said it was still flying. So I managed to get it out of the trees and onto the grass in a relatively safe emergency landing. So I guess it just went through the branches of the trees. And when I went over and looked at it, the left wing had a gouge missing out of it that I assume is still stuck somewhere up in those branches. (laughs) (laughs) And I had knocked off one of the blades of the impeller. That's why the fan sounded so good. So So I guess it ingested some junk and spit it out the back. Yeah. So you really did hit something. Oh, oh yeah. I've got the hat cam video. I'll have to edit it and and post it. It's still kind of far away because it's a GoPro, but you can kind of get the gist of what's going on. And, uh, yeah, I've, the more I thought about it, the luckier I realized I was because it, by all accounts should have been crumbled up into a, a flaming ball of foam. <laughs> should have come out the other side. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Strained through uh, the trees. So I could have patched up the wing, but I'm like, ah, it's still so new. I'm just going to buy a new wing and you can buy a new wing set for it really? and it bolts on. So I wasn't going to have oh, to break any glue nice. joints or anything. Yeah. So it was, that was a five minute fix. I, I got the new wing and I got a new impeller for it. You have to buy the whole fan unit, but again, that's reasonable. I think it's like 20 bucks. And so that was a simple fix too. And as I pulled the fan unit out and took it apart, there were pieces of wood wedged into the backside of the impeller. I have no idea how it got in there, but I broke a screwdriver trying to get out. Oh. So I'm like, wow, it hit something hard. (laughs) He hit a squirrel's nest. Yeah, I I don't (laughs) know. Or a bird's nest or something. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I put the new fan on, put the new wing on, and I've flown it several times since then, mm. and everything's happy. And I eventually got my onboard video that I was after. Uh, but uh, you yeah, taken a it? lesson learned: uh, just when the when the timer goes beep at a beep, you get on the ground. If you land, if you land. Yeah. Had had so, you taken any still shots of it before then? Yeah, or I already had the still photos that I needed, and that's kind of my um, mo with this. I my first priority usually is just to fly the thing and get my impression. Then I'll get my still photo shots. And then the last priority is to get video because that's kind of a, a nice bonus anyway. So yeah, I felt like I already had everything I needed for an article. And so the video was just an icing on the cake. Well, I was uh, glad it all worked out, but man, I bet that yeah, was a too. pucker factor. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, it reminds me of those times we saw the uh, SAE planes go into the trees. Then I don't oh, remember yeah. ever, any of them ever coming back out. Yeah, so none of them came out. You're really lucky. Yep. Uh, so. What's your overall opinion of the plane without spilling too much beans? I know it's nice. It's um, for something like this, and then you compare it to. I would say it compares to that Viper that you're talking about in terms yeah. of size. Mm. It's a 64 millimeter fan with. Uh, 11 blades and this was the first time i'd flown one of those fan units with the high blade count yeah and the sound is just so much better that was my next question yeah it must be really yeah it it sounds nice it's a nice low pitch and whooshing sound rather than the high pitch squeal of the low low blades but uh anyway so an f-15 is inherently going to be kind of complex but this one i think they built a f-15 in its simplest form Mm. it's a single edf with bifurcated inputs and outputs 
and it's a four channel, so two ailerons, two elevators, no rudder. And like I said, the landing gear is either bolted on or not on at all. And it does have steerable nose gear. So when you do have the gear on, you've got a little bit of mobility. And what's that? Is the gear pretty easy to take on and off? Yeah, it's uh, a couple screws for each of the main gear. And then a on the nose gear, you have a set screw to demate this coupler. And then you have to pull a tiller arm through the canopy. But you can do it all at the field. Oh, I've swapped okay. it back and forth, and it's not a big deal. You just got to make sure you don't drop the screws. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah don't drop your screws. Yeah. Which I did at Arkansas. I dropped one of the wing bolts into the grass, and it disappeared forever. Ooh. So yeah. I ended up, it was from my warlock. So I ended up flying most of the rest of the time with only one screw because I couldn't find another one. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who but overall, it, like I said, it's a nice, simple airplane. It's mm. fast, it's maneuverable without safe. Yeah. My only great, and I gripe about this for every plane, it's hard to see. It's got an aggressor camo it's, it's like trim scheme. Different shades with, of gray, right? White on gray on blue, and on a cloudy day, man. (laughs) On a blue-gray cloudy day. (laughs) It's a fairly small airplane, and it moves fast, so it's not the kind where you look down to check your watch while you're flying. You you keep your eyes on it. Yeah. So, But no, it's a nice airplane. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Now you got some real memories tied to it. Yeah, and I was... I would say it was the universe talking to me. Every now and then you might feel like you're getting pretty good at this flying thing, right? And yeah. then you say, oh, no, no, don't get cocky, pal. Great kid, don't get cocky. So, should put a little tree kill mark under the canopy. No, I should put a F-15 kill mark on the tree. Oh, well, that too. What? Or at least a wing Did part. it kill it? It's a sort of yeah. wounded it. Yeah, they can claim a damage. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I've had a few other odds and ends that I'm working on in the shop, but that's the big one. Uh, so what's on your workbench? Um, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but I've got another 3D printed plane that I've been assembling. Oh, yeah, the float plane. Yeah, this time it's a float plane, Eclipsen Model T. And um, uh, finally, I've been meaning to put it together for some time, and I've just been so busy with everything else, especially preparing to go to, to small steps. But now that that's over, I decided to finally, finally get around to putting the thing together. And uh, it's basically done now. I think uh, the only thing I have to do is just set up the radio. Uh, it's been a neat project. It's neat having – Don't. this is probably only the second float plane I've ever had. And, uh, and this one, of course, is plastic. So yeah. – um, have you tested the floats to see I, if they're watertight? I have not. I need to do that. Well, I need to go over once the gaps once again with some glue, and then I'll test it. Um, maybe stick it in the bathtub or something. Okay. Uh, it's not a whole lot of – that's the only thing is in my area, there's not much water to, to fly off of that's not brackish. Right. Um, so uh, maybe um, – I don't know. I'm going to look around some. Um, Go fly with Lee. His field has a nice runway there. Yeah, it a does. Pond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe take a field trip up there. Yeah. Um, too bad he's you know, an hour away, but... <laughs> uh, but it's been a fun project. It's really neat how the, how it's designed. It's got a kind of a weird way at the rudder, the water rudder set up. It uses a piece of fishing line that goes through the horizontal stab and is connected to the rudder. And then it goes, makes a sort of a L bend or V bend to the water rudder. And it has a little rubber band that sort of pulls it to one side. And so it's sort of a, a pull rudder mechanism. I see what you're saying. It's goofy, huh. 
but it seems to work. It seems to work okay, but uh, I've, it's uh, <laughs> not but not. It, it's different. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> so uh, there's tension on the servo even when it's neutral. Right. It's got to have tension on it all the time. Otherwise, you couldn't yeah. turn in one direction. Uh, so I could use a little tiny rubber band. I have I have a bunch of them. So I'll just try that. See how it works. But it is adjustable. And okay. uh, I had to get a motor for it. I didn't want to take the motor out of the other plane, so I ordered a new motor. We'll see how that works. Uh, but it looks neat. And I've seen the plane before. I know another guy had, I think, the prototype of it without the floats. And it seemed to fly okay. No, he had the floats. And he crashed it. Not crashed, but he, <laughs> he dorked it in the water or something. And so I never got to see it fly off the water. But I think I'd saw it fly to the ground. Anyways, uh, mm. so it's, that's on so- the bench. That's ready to go. So are you a guinea pig in this design? No, I think this is in production. You can get, you can buy it now from Eclipse of Models. That uh, doesn't mean they've flown it successfully. Oh, good question. We'll find out. <laughs> okay. I'll go out there with video camera. This will be videotaped and everything. Yeah. So I'll put together a assembly and flight video in the well, near future. Now, I noticed it's all white. Are you yeah. going to be painting it before oh, you fly? Actually, it's not all white. It's got blue wingtips and a blue rudder. Oh, okay. I just had close-up shots of it because I'm being mysterious. But mm. so I actually printed the wingtips in a different color. Right and left are different. No, they're both the same or, color, but they just, okay. they're separate pieces before you glue them together. And so I paint, I just said, "Hey, I got some blue filament. Let me try that." Right. Also, neat thing about this one is just to get into the weeds of 3D printing. I use different types of filament for this one. Uh, while I use PLA, which is a normal stuff for most of it, I actually used pet g for some parts okay and i think some abs Uh, and it's the first time i've ever used pet g i have had a roll for a while i can't remember where i got it and i was curious about it and they um so for the struts for the floats i think the motor mount and a couple of strategic things i use pet g which is supposedly more durable that kind of stuff does it fall between the pla and nylon or is it more is it stronger than nylon? I don't know. That's a good question. Huh. I don't know. I think it's up there with nylon. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's far more durable than uh, ABS. I mean, not ABS, um, PLA. But okay. I think it's a little bit more flexible than... No, not... Well, no. Uh, I'm getting them all confused in my head. If I say anything, people are just going to yell at me, so... <laughs> it, it's very very durable uh, i think it's got better adhesion than abs does for layer adhesion hmm. uh, but yeah i meant to say abs when i said nylon oh okay for my question oh uh, yeah. yeah uh yeah i think for its use it's probably more durable than abs but we'll see it's something one okay. of the things i think you use abs I, I, uh, I'm not a metallurgist. I can't remember the exact uh, metallurgist. Uh, pla- plastic urgist. <laughs> plastic urgist. I can't remember. I'm getting them all confused in my head. <laughs> so uh, I'll just say is Google it. Okay. So is the maiden flight imminent? <laughs> yeah, it is. I was hoping to do it this weekend, but it looks like I'm going to be going to a fly-in tomorrow, so I may not be able to do it tomorrow. Maybe Sunday. Hmm. Uh, i got to talk to Jeff, see if he's A, available, and B, knows where we can go, other hmm. than Lee's okay. flying field. Yeah. Uh, so right. that's pretty much what I got there. I've been, um, I've been meaning to, one last thing is, uh, I have the, the, the A10 made by Freewing. Oh, right. And, but it's You've still, had that for a while, right? I've had it for a while and it's still naked. She naked. Uh, so I need to paint it. So I've been actually kind of working up some stuff to get it painted. 
but I also found, speaking of 3D printing, I found on Thingiverse a bunch of pieces somebody made upgrade parts like little greebles, vents, and and one large fuel tank. And I thought, well, that's neat. So I just finished printing out a, a large, it's four pieces for this thing, a fuel tank, a centerline fuel tank for the uh -huh. A10. It's really okay. neat, but it's like three feet long. It's pretty big. Oh my gosh. Or two feet, two and a half feet long. It's pretty big. It, it's, I had to print it out in four pieces and each piece was the limit, the height limit of my printer. Wow. So yeah, it's huge. Uh, is it heavy? No, not really. I haven't weighed them, but they seem decent. Okay. Uh, I oh, well, I had like 5% infill. Mm. Well, actually, they're hollow for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and I printed them on the finest resolution setting. So they each piece took like nine hours, 10 hours to print. Wow. Yeah, but they look pretty good. Okay. Uh, so the goal is at some point, sometime soon, is to get the A10 all dolled up and I had to, I found a decal sheet that I got from Calligraphics, so I guess the first step really is I need to go install some of the greebles and then paint the. It's got a two tone gray scheme instead of the single tone it is now, so I got to find a paint, mm. airbrush it. Now, help the dumb guy. Greeble is just kind of a generic, a generic term for odds and ends. Yeah, I, I think it came from like when the old Star Wars movies when they had they took they were, model kit parts and stuck them onto yeah. their spaceships to make it look like it. Yeah. look more realistic and yeah. so yeah when i say greebles it's like i have little vet ports and, and antennas and things like that you stick on and all over the, the fuselage and that kind of stuff yeah. so okay yeah that's what i mean by greebles as uh, uh what do you got not accessories but uh add-ons uh details there you go yeah. scale okay. details and you have flown this airplane before yeah, I've flown it a bunch of times. I have a video okay. on it when I flew okay. it. So it's yeah. a great flying plane. I really like flying it. I just haven't been flying it lately because it's it's naked. So I need to dress it up. There was uh, last year, there's a local guy, two local guys that have the same plane. And they did a winter camo on it. And it looked really neat. Huh, yeah. Cool. Uh, it's, the winter, I think, is like white and gray. It's all uh, blocky. It's kind of a weird camo, but it, it's really striking. Yeah. So I kind of I got embarrassed. It's like, oh, I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this gray one. Yeah, this is gray. Any color of lungs is gray. So I want to show them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So you mentioned that you're going to an event uh, this weekend. Yeah. So by the time people hear that, it'll be over. Yeah. But so, what's the thing you're going to? Uh, it's a Brazoria County Fun Fly, just a small club that I've never been to. It's uh, southwest of Houston. Uh, kind of at the last minute, some other guys I know are going. So I said, oh, okay, I'll go out and see what it's like. Mm -hmm. um, nothing too special about it other than just sort of bring any size, anything kind of Fun Fly. So okay. it'd be kind of neat. Are, are there events? Uh, you know, I don't know. The the, the okay. flyer was kind of vague, so I don't know if there's any events or not. I think it's just a just come fly, and hang out with right. the club. There is another event up in I think it's is it Waco? There's a Warbird event in Waco yeah, this weekend. That's it. So, yeah, there's a Warbird yeah. event in Waco. A bunch of the other guys are going up in that area. That's about a, about a three hour drive from here, so I wasn't too inclined to go i actually kind of thought about it and then i realized there was another fly in here so i think ah, well 40 minutes is better than for three hours so yeah uh i don't know i think there's a few other ones i think scoby's having one next month 
I think a warbird fly in. Wow. I believe. Oh, I have a calendar right here. All right, let's try the uh, Fitzwalker quick rundown of local Houston fun flies. Oh, we're sort of county. Oh, Scobie's next weekend. No, wait, no, no, wrong one. It's June. <laughs> Look at the wrong <laughs> my phone. This uh, is from 1964. Yeah, real quick. General. Okay, the General Club, kind of East Houston, has a high wing hoedown. It's for all high wing aircraft. That's not the thing that Lee went to? No, that was a different club. It had the same thing. Huh, okay. So uh, that one I missed because I had I was busy. busy. Uh, Scobie is next month on the 13th. No, wait. What's the, the theme of that event? Uh, Warbirds. Okay. Oh, Warbirds. Um, I'm having another boat float coming up July 6th. So if you're in the Houston area, uh, bring out your boats. We'll be flying at the, uh, uh, uh Rodriguez Park, Sam Rodriguez Park in Clear Lake. You'll be boating at the park. I'll be boating. Yes. I'm not flying. Yeah. Uh, so you can contact us for more details or we'll probably post a thing on our, our Facebook at some point. Uh, uh, that's as far as I'll go for now. I don't, <laughs> anything in your area? Um, yeah, there's a couple local things. Uh, actually, my club is having a barbecue. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but the sour weather forecast made yeah. us push it back a week. Um, but yeah, I need to check the calendar. And I know there's some stuff going on within like a two-hour radius that I, uh, I want to make sure that I get to. The next event that I have planned is Flight Fest, which is about a month away. So I'm hoping to get there at least one day. I'm hoping I can stay overnight. But uh, that remains to be seen. Flight fest, yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Uh, several, uh, well, I know of at least two other people, f- three other people from my area that will be going. Oh, nice. So we'll have uh, a buffalo gang. And, yeah, that'll be fun. I've got some new stuff to take that should be fun to show off. And, gosh, the only other thing that I know of is neat in September. And, of course, that's... Um, Hmm. getting planned already so, i'm sure there'll be other stuff between now and then it's just not on my radar yet hmm. there was something going on was it just past weekend up in the upper midwest and i saw george vermilion i guess was posting a bunch of stuff on some sort of it had a bunch of world war one planes flying around models did you yep. see that i don't remember. i did I can't remember what that was i don't remember the exact event uh, so. so okay uh, well good yeah keep Everybody updated on that. I doubt I can attend whatever it is, but I will be there in spirit. Okay. All right. All on that note, I think we'll wrap everything up. Everybody have a good weekend and don't fly like my brother. Don't fly like my brother. All right. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.